like that. You want to try that. Hello, everybody, and welcome it's to like this Friday edition of the Logan Blackfish Show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a good one today. I promise you that. I'm not going to promise anything, but I think it's going to be a pretty good one. At least I'm hoping it's going to be a good one. But before we get into this goodness of this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, make sure that you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. You can find me on YouTube and, of course, Facebook. Just search Logan Blackman Show. It should pop up. Check out some blog posts. Check out some YouTube videos as well. And then, again, most importantly, though, you're listening right now, so make sure you are following and or subscribed to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify accounts. Yeah, leave a rating out of five stars on both. It can be a one-star rating, it can be a five-star rating. Just tell me how you feel in the description down below. Now, with that being said about people expressing how they feel about something, I, th- I think this is a good way to, to start the show off. Because it's what we ended with on Wednesday's show. And if you listen to Wednesday's show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't, I'll fill you in. So, Wednesday... Caden Proctor, the, the top five rated player in the country, according to most national websites in regards to high school recruiting, the number one tackle in the nation, according to pretty much everybody, decommitted from the University of Iowa and decided to commit to the University of Alabama, one of the best institutions in all of college football, a tradition of winning and excellence with great players stacked on stacked on everything, five stars on five stars on five stars, and people... We're not very happy. Now, as someone that has been a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes my entire life, and that is 25 years. Actually, I take that back. I take that back. That was 22 and a half. Because remember, I went to UNI. I went to UNI. So I had to I had to take away all my affiliation with the University of Iowa. I am now a UNI Panthers. But those 22 years previously, when I had zero connection to UNI and played for the, you know, played for UNI's football team and stuff like that, because that's what you do when you go up to, you know, no, I'm joking. I love UNI. I love you and I. I always support the football team. There's a lot of players going to the NFL from you and I this year, which is kind of strange, but I'm a Hawkeye fan. I went to United. I don't care what the Iowa State fans say. I'm a Hawkeye fan through and through. I've been my entire life. My grandpa Roger would kill me if I ever said anything other than I was an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Now, with that being said, being a Hawkeye fan and being to games my entire life, I shouldn't say my entire life. That makes it sound like I had season tickets with every single away game. I would go to one or two games a year, but in those one or two games a year, mostly due to soccer and stuff like that and football, you experience different things while at Iowa games. And the number one thing that stands out, not just to me and most Iowa fans, but to away fans in particular, is how hostile Hawkeye fans can be if you're not doing something that's good for them. Like I experienced my first ever Iowa game was Iowa-Michigan. Drew Tate was the starting quarterback for Iowa, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Iowa's history. If you're a person my age or maybe slightly older, Drew Tate was your hero. You wanted to be Drew Tate. Drew Tate was everything you wanted to be in an athlete. Mobile quarterback, not the biggest guy, but mobile, good arm. Obviously, the Tate to Holloway play. And I'm sitting there in my idol. I'm wearing my custom Drew Tate jersey that my Grandpa Roger made me. Put Tate on the back and everything. And I'm sitting there in about row seven at Kinnick Stadium, one of the greatest stadiums in college football. Watching the greatest team of all time in Iowa. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching Drew Tate again, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the University of Iowa's history, get booed relentlessly to the point where I was in tears. Like, this is my first ever Iowa game. My favorite player of all time is now getting booed relentlessly. And I think throughout the rest of my life, after watching that specific moment, 
Iowa fans, I'm guilty of this as well. Not all time, but recently. But like with Drew Tate, Christensen, and you had Stanzi, then Vandenberg, then uh, Rudock, then Bethard, then Stanley, then Petrus. It's all just this big long line of we don't like the starting quarterback. My dad always said Iowa's fan, Iowa fans' favorite player is always the backup quarterback. Whether that was Jason Mason with Drew Tate, Manson with Drew Tate, whether that was Jake Christensen with Drew Tate, whether that was James Vandenberg with Ricky Stanzi, CJ Bethard with Jake Rudock. Like, there's all these different players that were like, oh, we want this guy to go in. I remember when Stanzi broke his ankle against Northwestern as James Vandenberg came in. Everybody was, not everybody, but a lot of people were calling for James Vandenberg to be the permanent starter at Iowa. After he threw four or five interceptions against Ohio State in an overtime game. If Stricky Stanzi is playing that game, Iowa does not go to overtime, let alone that. They win the game. Now, throughout my entire life, I've defended Iowa quarterbacks until recently, mostly because of the fact I cannot... Nate Stanley, I... It wasn't really anything Nate Stanley did that bothered me. It was just, I don't know. You know those things that you just don't like and you don't really have a real reason why? Like, Nate Stanley just so awkward for me to watch. I couldn't do it. I couldn't deal with it. And there were some Iowa fans that overrated him a ton. Like, people, I remember I did a show up in Cedar, or up in Waterloo. And uh, it was on on Press Row. Gary Rima's show is no longer a thing anymore. Gary Rima's retired. And John Leo is the biggest Hawkeye fan I know. Biggest Hawkeye fan I know. And Gary comes up with this idea to do blind stats. And we're sitting there, and he's reading off these blind stats, and it's between Purdy McIlvain, Will McIlvain, who was the quarterback at UNI at the time, now at Central Arkansas, and Nate Stanley. It's like, I don't even need to know. I know who these players are, one, because I did this on my show earlier in the day, and I'm taking Brock Purdy. I didn't think, now, this is not me saying, like, oh, I would have drafted Brock Purdy in the first round. No, 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 no. I'm on the record saying I didn't think Brock Purdy was going to get drafted at all, let alone get drafted the Mr. Relevant, and then let alone be a starter in the NFL at some point in time. And not only that, being a possibility of him keeping said starting job for an extended period of time. I was not, I'm not saying I was on that level at all. But he was way better than Stanley, and he was way better than Will McElvain. Like, Stanzi, Stans, Stanzi, Stan Lee, not Stan Lee, Stanley, Nate Stanley, was just awkward. He had a strong arm. Not mobile, very gangly, tiny head, big shoulders. It was just something that I just didn't really, didn't vibe with, I guess you could say. And then Petrus just wasn't very good. I have nothing to say about Petrus off the field, because off the field he seems like a pretty good dude. He seems like a pretty good dog off the field. But on the field, and again, that's another thing. When people bash your bash players, it's like, oh, you're not, you're bashing him as a person. No, 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 no. Just because I say he's not good at his job does not mean he's a bad person. I'm not bashing his character. Because from all things considered, Petrus is a very good person. But just not a very good quarterback. And now, outside of the position of quarterback, again, Iowa fans are very, what have you done for me lately thing. Do not turn your back on the program. Don't do this kind of stuff. Like, people hated Jake Rudock for going to Michigan. There's a lot of Iowa fans that despise Jake Rudock, but then are now welcoming in Cade McNamara from Michigan. <laughs> Funny how that works out. But Cade Proctor, moving from Iowa to Alabama, it's not really surprising given the fact that Iowa is their worst unit really on the team, apart from starting quarterback, was along the offensive line. And you listen to what Caden Proctor said and what led to his decision from transferring or transferring, decommitting from Iowa and committing to Alabama, it was that he said he was settling at Iowa. Now, I don't think he – I should he's worded it bad. You can't say you're settling, especially with a rabid fan base at the University of Iowa, especially when you play and you live in the state and play for a school that has the same colors – that's not going to be. That's not going to come off very well. But I understand what he's saying to a certain extent. This is a similar situation I had. Now I say similar. It's not similar at all. But 
like I went to a quarterback camp down at a, some Missouri school. I don't remember what school it was. I can't I never remember. There's so many different Missouri names with all these different cardinal directions. It was the one, the Griffins. The Chiefs used to practice there. I don't know. But we went there. It was a blue-gray All-American camp. This was like the, the regional thing. So I got invited there. We placed third. I say we. I placed third out of the 30, 40-plus quarterbacks there. Main, main attribute was accuracy during that time. And then you got, if you did well at those camps, at the regional camps, they were all over the country, you got invited to one of, I think, four different locations, and it was Canton, Ohio, Jacksonville, Florida, Dallas, and I think somewhere in California, but I don't remember which one it was. I wanted to go down to the one in Dallas. And the reason I wanted to go down to the one in Dallas is because they said that that's where all the top players go. And if I wanted to be the best, I had to compete against the best Every single day. That was what my mindset was. Now, my dad wanted to go to camp because we'd been to Dallas before and done all that stuff. And I was fine with that. Because it's an all-American camp. So you're going to get good players wherever you go. It's not like you're going to go, well, the one in Dallas is ten times better than the one in Canton or Jacksonville. That the game was played in Jacksonville. At least I remember, if I remember correctly, it was played in Jacksonville. Long story short, I didn't make the camp. <laughs> I didn't make the, the official game. We went to Canton. But my mindset was, I want to go down to Dallas in the Cowboys Stadium to practice against the best of the best of the camp. And that's what Caden Proctor's mindset is. Caden Proctor said he was settling at Iowa, not because he was settling at the program, because he sees all the stuff Iowa's done with regards to uh, elevating players, developing players, turning them into these elite offensive linemen and all these different things. But at Iowa, he's the best of the best. There's no, he's not competing with the best of the best. He is the best of the best. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe people want to be the best of the best and go up and just dominate every single day. Maybe that works out for you. But in Caden Proctor's mind, and I again, I understand where he's coming from this. He's coming from the mindset, Alabama, like we said at the beginning, has five stars on five stars on five stars. They're crapping out five stars with every single position. We talked about this before, like with, with Clemson getting, like with Clemson, with Trevor Lawrence getting hurt. Now we obviously know different about DJU now than what we did back then, but it was five-star replacing a five-star. Like when Clemson or Bama or Ohio State lose a five-star player, well, guess what? They got a five-star waiting in the rings ready to replace them. Iowa doesn't have that. So when you lose that five-star, you're coming in with mostly three- and two-star athletes, which is not anything bad because Iowa's done a really good job and has a really great track record at developing these players. But Caden Proctor wants to be the best, so he feels like he has to go up against the best. He's going to go up against five-stars every single day at practice. Iowa, throughout throughout my lifetime, has been lucky to have one five-star athlete on the roster at a time. And that's every four years. And that's if. That's not even, like, consistently a thing. That was if they were lucky. And Cam Proctor seemed like to be that lucky guy. And he's not going to be that guy anymore. And he talked about it in this press conference, and he talked about it after the thing about Hawkeye fans coming after him and calling him, he said, call him the P where we're not going to be, we're going to be pussies around here. We're going to call him, they were calling him a pussy for transfer, decommitting from Iowa and going to Alabama and doing all that stuff, 40 and 50 years. And yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. And like we said on Wednesday, you are allowed to change your mind. And Kirk Ferentz said it best. He was talking about the whole Caden Proctor situation. The recruiting does not stop when they're committed. The recruiting is not over when they're committed. The recruiting ends when they're signed. Caden Proctor had no signed of anything. He never signed his doc, do, signed a document or anything, signed the dotted line, never said officially any paper that he was going to Iowa. He's not getting married to the University of Iowa. And now he decommitted. And went to Alabama. And Kirk took the high road on it. I don't even know if the high road's the right way to look at it. It's, you lose a player. It happens. It's happened before. Ross Piercebacher went down to Alabama and played for 
Played for them after decommitting from Iowa, too. Cedar Falls kid, closer to Iowa City than uh, uh, Altoona or Pleasant Hill is. By it's weird. It is weird how much people, like, gravitate towards hating, like, like, this is not, he's 18, 17, 18 years old. 17, 8 years old. And you can point out all the different things about, look at all the Iowa offensive linemen that go in the NFL. Yeah, there's also not been some, there's been some bad ones as well. Not everyone has panned out to be this elite level offensive lineman that leaves the University of Iowa. Not everyone does that. It's like not every other uh, Alabama player goes to the NFL and becomes something there. Like, different things happen for different players. It's not like you're going to go, well, this guy made it, so that means he's going to make it. No, that's not how this works. It's the same thing that we talk about when scouting the helmet instead of scouting the player. Like, you wouldn't draft Joe Burrow because of Jamarcus Russell. You wouldn't draft Justin Herbert because of Marcus Mariota. You wouldn't draft Justin Fields because of every Ohio State quarterback ever. You don't scout the player, you're scouting the helmet, and it gets in the way of what this kid can actually do or what this team can do. Like, just because he's going to Bama does not mean, oh, he's going to wash out. Because Alabama's never produced really good off to linemen in the NFL. They didn't just have the seventh overall pick this past year's draft and Evan Neal. They didn't just have that. No. We're not going to talk about that one. Like, the people are making it sound like Alabama's this giant step down, like you're disrespecting. Alabama is Alabama. This is not some run-of-the-mill institution. He's not transferring to, like, freaking, I don't know, Iowa State. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. He's not transferring to somewhere like South Florida or something. And people want to throw out the NIL deal. NIL, NIL, NIL. It's Ala-freaking-Bama. They already stole a dude from Iowa without NIL deals. It's not like they need to do a whole lot to convince a guy from Southeast Polk to go down to Alabama and win national championships every freaking year, and Iowa might have a chance at getting annihilated by Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. So again, when he says he's settling, he worded it wrong, but I understand what he's talking about in that sense. And most people need to understand that, that Iowa and Alabama are not the same. Alabama's season is bad if they don't go to a national championship game. Iowa's season is bad if they go below 500. I don't know what a bad season for Iowa is. Is 7-5 and five a bad season? Like, they wasted an elite defense and a weight elite special teams unit, so I guess you could call that a bad season. Like, there's levels here. There's different levels. Expectation levels at Bama and Iowa are different. The players they recruit are different. Their developmental periods are different. So before NIL, NIL deals, people are just saying that because they get upset because their favorite player's not going to their school anymore. People are acting like this is something that's brand new to college football. If you believe that this is brand new to college football, you're stupid. I'm sorry, but you are. If you lived, if you believed in this fairy tale land that you live in, that no college players were ever getting paid, or no high schoolers were ever getting paid to go play for these universities, you're stupid. Like Jimbo Fisher comes out and says something again about how NIL. I I knew eventually there would be pay for play, but I did not know it would be NIL like it ga- like it came about. The problem with it all, with all of this, is that there's no consistency in rules. And then you, then when you get to the quote transfer portal. There is so much tampering going on. It's utterly ridiculous. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. We are only in college football. Jimbo, you are one of the biggest proprietors of this. How Texas A&M is able to get a top five recruiting class every freaking year and finish five and seven is beyond me. I don't know how the hell they do it every year. So yeah, Jimbo Fisher's never... Oh man, this is crazy that everybody's allowed to do this now. Like, oh yeah, he definitely wasn't doing that before. Lane Kiffin responded that with a laughing, crying emoji. This is the only difference between now and 10 years ago. It's now it's legal. People were doing this before. Like, you think Ross Piercebacher didn't get paid for going down to Alabama? 
to pull them away from Iowa, which again, Cedar Falls, close to Iowa City than at Pleasant Valley, Pleasant Hill is. You think Ross Piercebacher didn't get paid? Well, he got paid in rings. There's something. Well, Iowa was what? Going 7-5, and 8-4 and four every year? I don't know what Iowa's exact record was at the time, but I watched Ross Piercebacher play in, I think, three national championship games. And people go, well, what's he done in the NFL? Well, Alabama fans knows Ross Piercebacher. Like, why does that matter? Why does that really matter? Oh, the fans of this school don't like, don't know who he is. So? Who cares? I'm sure you could find Alabama fans that know every single Alabama player ever. Like Iowa has a really good track record of putting people in the NFL, but their team right now is not very good. And people want to talk about bringing in Cade McNamara like he's a saving grace to the program. He's just a lot better than the last guy. Cade McNamara is nothing spe- like amazingly special. It's not like you're getting college-level Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson or freaking Deshaun Watson in college. Minus scandals and stuff like that, or Trevor Lawrence, or people like that. No. You're getting Cade McNamara. He's an all-right quarterback with an okay arm, and he's all-right at running the ball. And it's not even all-right, all-right. I mean, he's, he's fine. He's not a complete statue. But people are acting like, man, Cade McNamara is really going to transform the University of Iowa program. I think Cade McNamara is going to be a good quarterback at the University of Iowa. I think he's 100 times better than Spencer Petras. But again... That's not saying a whole freaking lot here. You have the worst quarterback in the University of Iowa history, arguably, because Jay Christensen still exists. We are aware of this. And you're replacing with K. McNamara. Yeah, you're going to get better, but it's not like you're going to be thro- putting up 50 points a game now. Like Eric All was a big get as well. But it's not like transforming of the program here. And we're all celebrating this and not... I haven't seen one Michigan fan bash Cade McNamara or Eric All. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. But with the way these people sound about how he committed to Iowa, he should go to Iowa, like, you, he has to stay all four years there. Like, my dad and I were going to a, a lunch, a dinner lunch thing a few weeks ago, and his business partner was there, and he was talking about players that transfer should pay back the tuition that they the university gave them. It's like, What? What does that even mean? No. What? You got different opportunities you're going to leave. It's like transferring jobs. You go like, well, we were going to pay you this. Well, now you got to give it all back. Nope. That's not how that works. It's not how that works. It's not how it works at all. I'm cool with Cade McNamara transferring. I'm cool with Caden Proctor going to Alabama. Water off my back. There'll be other players that go to Iowa. It's not like he's the greatest player of all time. He could develop into the greatest player of all time. Who knows? He could have been. I mean, people were excited. He wore black and gold. Wore seventy four. Reminded people of Tristan Wirfs. Could have been the next Tristan Wirfs. Or he could have been a five star that didn't develop in anything, which happens more often than people would like to admit. Not necessarily at the University of Iowa because they don't get a lot of five stars. But there's a lot of top. Let's go to like, I don't know. I'm just gonna. So go to ESPN. You can go to the ESPN recruiting tab on ES on a. How do I do this? I haven't done this in a while. I used to do this all the time when I was a kid, like basketball, like when uh. When Kentucky got the Harrison brothers and like uh, Lyles and people like that, I don't, I, I don't remember who all went to that team. Okay, here we go. Recruiting. This is what I was looking for. Player rankings. Hold on. Let's go to a random year. Let's go to 2011. Hold on. Do you know who Anthony Johnson is? Does anybody know who Anthony Johnson is? No. Oh, okay. 
Uh, what about Christian Westerman? Does anybody know who that is? I am okay. Me neither. Um, go to two thousand nine. Uh, does anybody know who Russell Shepard is? Is he a wide receiver in the NFL? He might have been. I, I don't remember. Jacoby McDaniel, Craig Lostin. Like just because you're a five star player does not mean you're going to develop into this insane player. It's not written in the stars for you to become this insane player. Like, all these guys are in the top 10 that I'm reading out are in the top 10 of ESPN's top 150 rankings of their year. I don't know who some of these people are. Matt Barkley. He was the number one player. He's the third-string quarterback on the Buffalo Bills. Behind a guy that was a zero-star athlete in Josh Allen. I don't even know what Case Keenum was. He went to freaking Houston. Like, again, just because he developed, like, he's this top, top athlete. Yes, he could develop into something special. Doesn't mean he is. Let's stop acting like... He's a freaking terrible human being. Stop acting like he's Satan. Stop acting like all these things. He's not welcome back in the state of Iowa. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. He has his reasons. He went to Bama. It's done. Deal with it. He's from Iowa, so we're going to support him. We support Max Duggan. He went down to TCU. It's not like Bama and Iowa are going to play each other anytime soon. Like people have said the same thing about Rudolph. Rudolph transferred Michigan. Everybody hated him. Michigan wasn't playing Iowa. He went to a school that recruited him, or that was going after him, and he didn't play Iowa. And people hated him for it. I think the only player that never got hate from Iowa offensively was C.J. Beathard, in regards to the quarterback position. I think he's the only one that never got any hate. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't remember C.J. Beathard getting that much hate at Iowa. I think he's the only quarterback out of Even, like, Tate and Stanzi, who are both better than C.J. Beathard at Iowa. And it's funny, because C.J. Beathard has a higher-round draft pick than both of them. And he's still kicking in the NFL. But C.J. Beathard was tough as hell. And I love C.J. Beathard. But, uh, yeah, let's let's back off Caden Proctor. Let's back off Caden Proctor and let's stop acting like you're, you just got you just woke up from a 25-year-old, 25-year coma yesterday and found out that NIL exists and act like it didn't exist beforehand. Like, not all these players got paid before they <laughs> went to colleges. And act like, oh, man, he must have gotten paid massively to go from Al- Iowa to Alabama. Oh, man. How much? Do they pay like $15 million to do that deal? Good God. How did he manage to do that? Uh, how did Bama get him from Iowa? How did that work out? And speaking of NIL, I remember last year with Travis Hunter going to Jackson State. Uh, he's going to Colorado now. There are some rumors that he was going to go to Georgia, but okay, Kirby Smart was getting in on him. He's from Georgia, but he wants to play for Deion Sanders. And Shadur Sanders is there. Deion, they Shadur Sanders took some pictures in the Colorado uniforms. I love the all-white Colorado uniforms. Colorado, for being bad for better part of 20 years, they have some sick uniforms. Beautiful facilities, beautiful uniforms. Now they're going to have – they should be fun. They should be really, really fun. He's bringing his luggage. It's Louie. <laughs> but uh, with Iowa, with us talking about Iowa, I think it would be kind of fun. To uh, do a Sporkle quiz, because I don't think we've ever done a Sporkle quiz with the University of Iowa. And it is Iowa Hawkeyes All-Big Ten first-teamers. This is dating back from this year to 2001. I found a quiz like 10 minutes before we started of Iowa Hawkeye football players in the NFL. And it was, I don't know what year it was, but it included names like Jonathan Babineau, Pat Angerer, Nate Kading, Scott Chandler. Like, this was an old-ass list. I don't. I could not find a year when that thing was posted, but that's how people need to get on posting some Iowa quizzes on Sporkle because I'd like to do one. Like this one's been updated. This one's been updated it's all the way to 2022. And uh, yeah, we got 73 players. We got seven minutes to do this. 
I don't know how good I'm gonna be. I've I haven't fought. <laughs> I need to. I, my older stuff's gonna be better, I would imagine, if I don't like completely brain fart. But let's see. Let's hope this works out. Let's hope this works out. Okay, seventy-three players, seven minutes, three, two, one, go. Okay, so we got Tory Taylor, obviously. Are you? Is it no twice? Nice, Jack Campbell. Uh, Merriweather. I need to just make sure I spell Merriweather white. Merriweather. Oh crap! Is it I? What? Huh, whatever. Uh, oh, no. I'm completely blanking. Riley. Riley. What? Why am I completely blanking on Riley? He went to Agony Centennial. Why am I blanking so hard? Okay, whatever. Laporta. He's on here. <laughs> oh, my God. I am terrible. I'm being. I'm doing bad. Hold on, we need to find, I need to find names. Riley Moss. I don't know why I was blanking so hard on Riley Moss. Okay. Um, okay. Center, that is Linderbaum. Uh, let's go back to the, like, the older days. Let's go to the older days. Okay, we got, well, we got Hawkinson. We got Fant. Kick returner. Uh, Smith-Marset. Kicker. Uh, Keith Duncan. Uh, wow, I'm blanking super hard. Bulaga, uh, Claiborne, tight end, Moyaki, guard, uh, Vandervelde. I didn't think he was on there, but I just wanted to put him on here. Amari Spivey, Amari Spivey, as they said on, uh, the Orange Bowl coverage. Strong safety, Sash. Brett Greenwood make anything? Best safety duo in Iowa history. Uh, 2010 McNutt, he had to be on there. DJK, Johnson. Okay, Johnson, Kulianos. There we go. Cornerback, 2010, Lowry. Lowry. Oh, okay. Wow, I'm really blanking. I'm blanking really hard. Uh Babino, he had to make something, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Roth had to make something. Running back, Bell, or Betts, Liddell Betts. I don't know, Betts didn't make any. Albert Young, uh, Sims. Wait, Sims was Iowa State, never mind. Uh, Robinson, okay. Wager, this might be the worst quiz I've ever done. Good Lord. Did I best Scott Chandler? Scott Chandler didn't make one? Okay, Myers. Uh, Reisman, Reisner, no, oh, wow, I'm struggling, this is bad, Worfs, um, oh my, oh my, oh my, Wadley, okay, Goodson, I'm just spitballing at this point, I got 29 out of 73 with 354 left, uh, crap, um, Morris, wow, Kirksey, what? Um, Hitchens. None of those guys made first team all Big Ten. That's ball crap. <clears throat> uh, Bins. Broderick Bins. No. Oh, no. Carl Klug. Oh, no. I'm struggling really bad right now. I've got 29 to 73, and I'm completely blanking. Did I guess George Kittle? did 
Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Desmond King. Okay, there's one. Um, Josh Jackson has to be on here. Alaric Jackson. There's another one. Uh, 258 left, and I've got 34 and a 73. Mitch King. That was a good one. Forgot my Mitch King. Uh, Ference. Did he make a team? No. Okay, thank God. 2009. Why? That's the Orange Bowl year. Why am I blanking so much? AJ Eds? I said his name at the start. I don't know. I guess it. Pat Anger. <laughs> 2008 running back. Coker? No, he wasn't 2008. What the hell am I talking about? Ruben Albert Young. Um, Jewel Ham Hampton didn't make it. I'm Sean Green. I don't know why I screwed up on Sean Green. Um... 217 left. I got 36 out of 73. Wow, I'm struggling. Not even halfway. With how much I followed Iowa as a kid, this is really bothering me. Charlie Jones. <laughs> there we go. We got Charlie Jones. Hold on. We're trying. I'm trying here. I'm trying <laughs> here. <clears throat> why am I I don't know why I'm so bad at this I don't know why I'm so bad I uh, Cooper DeGene there we go I just randomly guessed Cooper DeGene so we've gotten uh, the last however many 39 out of 73 with a minute 30 left I'm going to be so pissed off when this thing ends so I'm Who were off to linemen at this? Riley Reef. Who else were off to linemen around this time? Why am I blanking so freaking hard on this? Especially at tight end, too. There's got to be one I'm just completely missing out on, and I don't know who it is. Oh, no. 54 seconds left. I got 40 right. I'm going to be on the average. No, I need to be above average. <clears throat> defensive end whack no um nelson there we go bruce nelson um i'm saying more anthony nelson but 35 seconds left 41 to 73 why why am i not why am i blanking so freaking hard why why is this why is this happening to me seth benson no jacobs i'm just gonna start throwing names out <laughs> This is the most sad I've ever been. Oh, what? I didn't even see Drew Tate was on there. I don't I don't know why I didn't guess Drew Tate. That's actually upsetting for me. I'm sorry. Solomon. Um Hinkle. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> wow, I didn't get AJ Beneza. That's cool. Dane Belton, Davion Nixon, uh, Chauncey Goldston, AJ Beneza, Monty Hooker. Sean Welsh, Josie Jewell, Jordan Welsh, Jordan Walsh, sorry. Brandon Scherf, you know, top five overall pick. CJ Fedorowitz, I watched him score a touchdown against Northwestern overtime. Micah Hyde, another Bills player. Sean Prater, Dace Richardson, I uh, forgot about him. Seth Olson should have got him. Uh, Chad, Gr oh, Chad Greenway. Abdul Hodge, oh, Fred Russell, uh, Nate Kading, uh, Robert Gallery, number two overall pick. Dallas Clark, Brad Banks, oh, Bob Sanders, Eric Campman. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did I at least get above average? Okay, I got above average, but good God, that was miserable.
That is the worst quiz I've ever done. That is by far the worst quiz I've ever done. Like, <clears throat> I missed out some some legit, legit players here. Like, Ebenezer is on the Bills. Micah Hyde is on the Bills. Brandon Scherf, top five pick in the draft. Who else? Dallas Clark, Peyton Manning, one of Peyton Manning's favorite receivers. Abdul Chad Greenway, the greatest linebacker duo in Iowa history. Brad Banks, the guy who should have won the Heisman over Carson Palmer. Nate Kading, towards ACL on the first kickoff of the open of the season when Percy Harvin housed it when he's on the Seahawks. Aaron Campman, Bob freaking Sanders. The hitman, Bob Sanders. Wow, that is that is embarrassing. My dad's going to roast me for that. It's 42 out of 73. Well done, Quizzer. You should come to SporkleCon 2023. Badges are deeply discounted all, September, all December. I can't read either. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's bad. I'm actually embarrassed by that. I don't even post a show anymore. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, man, that's actually really sad. That's sad. I think in my mind it was Scherf. So they had their positions on here. In my mind it was put Brandon Scherf at guard because that's what he plays in the NFL, but he was drafted as a tackle. That I th- I'm going to claim that was my reason for forgetting Brandon Scherf. <laughs> Josie Jewell, the outlaw, should have gotten that one. One of my favorite players in Iowa history. You wouldn't know that. Saying. <laughs> oh my God. That's bad. Amani Hooker starts for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, had the pick six against JT Barrett against Ohio State. I wasn't at that game, but I was at a, I followed it on the radio because we were coming back from U and I versus uh, Southern Illinois. Or no, U and I versus South Dakota. U and I versus South Dakota. U and I beat top three ranked South Dakota at the time. I think they were top three. They were top five at least. Oh, man. That's brutal. That's actually brutal. And I claim to be an Iowa fan. Good freaking Lord. Whatever. We're moving on. I'm done talking. (laughs) I'm done talking about it. Oh, man. But, yeah. Um, Here we go. So, (laughs) let's try try to move on. So, congratulations to Matt in America. Congratulations to Eric Hall. Every single player that committed to Iowa... But screw you, Caden Proctor, is the, the whole thing I've taken away from that. But with McNamara entering the transfer portal and NIL deals, because, you know, Caden McNamara took $0 from Iowa and definitely hasn't been promoting an NIL thing with Iowa. So that's definitely, we are okay with that one. But other quarterbacks that have made their announcements, uh, Devin Leary's going to Kentucky, which I don't know if that's a vertical leap for Devin Leary in regards to, I mean, he's playing better competition, but is Kentucky really better at this point than NC State. That's that's where I'm I like Devin Leary a lot, but I don't that's kind of a you know horizontal move right there. Uh Colin Schlees transferring from Kent State to UCLA. Shadur Sanders, we already know going to Jackson State to Colorado. DJ Uyagalele going to Hawaii. Yeah. I guess I did he get recruited by Hawaii at all? I guess I didn't even know that. I was trying to figure out who he was going what um where he would go, because we were trying to look at all the schools he got recruited by, but I don't think when he committed to Clemson, he'd be thinking he'd go to Hawaii at some point, maybe on vacation, but not for not for college. Not for college, and especially probably not going to the NFL at this point. Jeff Sims going to Nebraska? That's not very fun. I like Jeff Sims. He transferred from Georgia Tech. Brett Gabbert transferred from Miami, Ohio to Miami, Ohio. Uh, Mikey Clean, Mikey Keene transferring UCF to Fresno. Should be a fun one. You mean you're following in the footsteps of Jake Hander, so that'd be fun. Tony Musket transferring from, uh, is that SEMO? 
Oh, Monmouth, Monmouth to uh, Virginia. We have Matt Murray transfer from Michigan to Iowa. Drew Pine transfer from Notre Dame to Arizona State. Graham Mertz going from Wisconsin to Florida. You remember that weird exodus of Purdue quarterbacks that went down in the SEC? Now it's just a Big Ten thing because now he's following suit and going to Florida. They need a quarterback. Obviously, the whole Kitna situation. You got Anthony Richardson going to the NFL. They're going to need a quarterback. Graham Mertz, I think, would be fine down there. Hank Bachmeyer's not announced where he's going yet from Boise. Spencer Sanders hasn't announced where he's going. Keaton Slovis hasn't. Um, Malik Hornsby. I'm excited. I'm intrigued to see where Malik Hornsby go. goes. I'm intrigued to see where he goes. Uh, Luke Altmeyer's not announced anything. Brennan Armstrong's not announced anything. We already talked about uh, the dude transferring, Tony Musket transferring from Monmouth to Virginia. So Brennan Armstrong ain't coming back there. He's better than him, but he's not coming back. Uh, Hudson Card hasn't announced anything. Grace McCall has not announced anything. I could see Grace McCall going to like Ohio State or something. That's my bold prediction right now for Grace McCall. I think he'd be fun at Ohio State. I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be too upset. I'd be too surprised. If I was a quarterback, like, they really, at this point in time, like, just looking at their roster, they don't have a guy that's like, wow, that guy's insane. They have solid options at quarterback, but when you look at who they have at wide receiver for this upcoming season, with none of them leaving, uh, I'd, if I was a quarterback in the transfer portal, I'd be going straight to Ohio State. I think Grace McCall... With his mixture of athletic ability and decent size, I think he'd be fun to watch in the Big Ten. It'd be really fun to watch in the Big Ten. And I think with Marvin Harrison Jr., Nemeka Ibuka, and all those guys, I think he could be a Heisman candidate, if we're being honest here. But I don't know if he's going to go there. I don't know what other schools have been offering him. But if he goes from Coast Carolina to Ohio State, good Lord, what kind of money did they have to offer him to leave? You're supposed to stay loyal to Coastal Carolina, see out your four years, and if you leave, give all your money back to the university. I ain't having you around here. How dare you accept an offer from a way better school, <laughs> way better football program. That is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, man. Oh, man. But speaking of Alabama, talking about all these big-time quarterbacks, uh, we've already talked about Bryce Young playing in the bowl game. And you all, if you listen to the show long enough, you know my affiliation, my uh, my affirmation for Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is awesome. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks I've watched in college football. If he was just a tad bigger, we wouldn't even be having a discussion about who's the number one overall pick in the draft. There wouldn't even be a discussion. If he was like 6'2", Instead of 5'10", we would be looking at Bryce Young as a generational quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind. Bryce Young is that special of a quarterback. And we've known this since he was in high school. Like you can go back to listen to old Logan Blackman show shows back to when he was first committing to Alabama, when he first decommitted from USC to Alabama, which how dare Bryce Young decommit from USC and go to Bama? Go to a way better situation? Man, that's insane that he would do that. But Bryce Young going to, to Alabama from USC, we talked about that a lot, and he was competing with Mac Jones as the starter. Obviously, knowing that situation was like, okay, similar-ish situation of that to Justin Fields versus Jake Fromm, one quarterback is clearly better than the other one. We know who's way better than the other one. The problem is, the guy who they're way better than has done nothing to lose the job, per se. Like, Justin Fromm, Jake Fromm went to a national championship game, Mac Jones, they lost to Auburn. I think they went 10-3 and that year when Tua hurt his hip. I think that's what their record was, but didn't do anything to lose the job. Came back in, and Mac Jones is way better than Jake Fromm. But Bryce Young is ridiculous. And Bryce Young is listed at 5'10", 190. Or he's not listed as that. He's listed at 6'194", which we've called into question quite a few times here on the, the Logan Blackman. So 5'10", 190 feels a little bit more accurate for how big Bryce Young actually is. 
but this is what we kind of talked about this at the end of Friday or Wednesday show. So we're kind of just it's this one that we in the biz call a callback. Where we're talking about things that we talked about on Friday, and we're talking about it again. Or, geez, I keep doing that. Talk about what we talked about Wednesday, giving more detail to a day. Because we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. We ended the show with it. Uh, NFL Rookie Watch, which again is an account I recommend you follow on Twitter. Of the 301 quarterbacks drafted in the last 25 years, only two of them were 5'11 and under. Neither were drafted within the first 100 picks. Bryce Young. Currently stands around 5'10, 190, and is tied as the favorite to be the first overall pick in the draft. Now, this is below 5'11 and 200 pounds. So before you say it, Kyler Murray weighed more than 200 pounds. Okay? So let's just get that straight. If I had to, I don't, I'm going to try and guess. You know, we're going to play the guessing game. This is over the last 25 years. So there's a lot of drafts taking place in this year. And this time frame, actually, it's been around my entire life since this has taken place. So we're going to have to figure this one out. Who are two quarterbacks that are tiny, that have been drafted? Did Brad Banks get drafted? I think Brad Banks was over 200 pounds, though. I don't know. Who else, Who are the other quarterbacks? I, I wish they said something. Hey, did someone in the, the comments say this? Everybody keeps saying in the, in the, the comment section, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray's a beefier dude. This is what we talked about when comparing him and Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray's thicker than uh than Bryce Young is. Wow, no one's helped me out here in the comment section. They're either saying how awesome uh, Bryce Young is or talking about Kyler Murray being under six foot, or, which he is, but he's over 200 pounds. Huh. Come on, there's got to be somebody here that's Mentioned in this, is it Russell Wilson? How big's how big was Russell Wilson when he got drafted? I don't remember. I don't really remember how big. But either way, this is what we're we've talked about before. This is big, and it's going to be talked about a shit ton leading up to the twenty twenty three NFL draft. I think off skill level and what we've seen at the college level, Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick in the draft. Off of what we've seen, just with our own two eyes, but, it's a big but, NFL scouts and coaches, again, are going to want what's working now. And what's working now is big, toolsy quarterbacks. Bryce Young is not that. Like, you look at Kyler Murray, who's currently out for the season with torn ACL, and I know that's a freak injury. I'm not saying that Bryce Young goes to the NFL, oh, he's guaranteed to tear his ACL. Obviously, knock on wood, because I don't want that to happen. But that, I'm not saying that. But people will obviously make that assumption. Like, I just saw a tweet. like, mobile quarterbacks, all these guys getting hurt. Not sustainable. And it's, you know, Matt Stafford's out for the season with a spinal contusion, which I didn't even know was a thing until I heard about it on Monday night with the Packers-Rams game. Spinal contusion. Who would have known? Uh, not me. Not me. But I don't think it matters what size you are in the NFL as a quarterback. I think as if you can just make plays. You need to be able to move. I think that's the main thing in the NFL nowadays in regards to the quarterback position is just being able to move. You cannot, If you're a statue, you have to be deadly, deadly, deadly accurate. Like, if you look at all the young quarterbacks right now, the most immobile out of the young quarterbacks in the NFL right now, if we're just glancing through like the past five or six years in the NFL draft, it's probably, well, discluding Mac Jones, out of the top guys, Justin Herbert, probably. If we're sitting here and looking at the most immobile, Tua's probably more immobile than him. So Tua. 
And we'll talk about Tua here in a little bit because we got some funny stuff to talk about him. But you need to be able to move in some capacity. Like if Bryce Young was five foot ten, one hundred ninety pounds, couldn't move, we wouldn't even be having a discussion. There'd be no way he get drafted. This is the same thing that's happened with Stetson Bennett, who can move to a decent amount, but he's he's not getting. I saw something talk about oh they're comparing him to Case Keenum, which he's not Case Keenum. Case Keenum put up like eight thousand yards in a season. He didn't. He put up like around five thousand yards in a season at Houston. But I know different offenses, different skill sets, different you know ways the offenses were constructed. But he's not Case Keenum. He's not Case Keenum. And Case Keenum was I th- what round was Case Keenum drafted? If if at all, I don't even think Case Keenum. I don't know if Case Keenum was drafted. Was he? I was gonna say he wasn't drafted. I saw something on Twitter the other day. It was like people are comparing sets of Bennett to Case Keenum, like him in the late round draft picks. Like what? Case Keenum wasn't even drafted. And Case Keenum put up way better numbers at Houston than sets of Bennett has in Georgia. Again, I know different systems, different things, different play callers, everything else. I understand that. But if Bryce Young was just a little bit bigger, he'd be the number one overall pick guarantee. We wouldn't even have a discussion about, oh, well, it's Bryce Young, and then who else? I think we have a pretty good idea who the top three players in the draft are going to be at this point in time. We know Jalen Carter, and we know Will Anderson at this point in time. Obviously, that's something to change because, remember, Jalen Carter got character issues. Jalen Carter could fall in the draft a little bit. Not really, but he's got character issues, remember. But that other player is that quarterback – and right now, if I had to put money on who's going to get drafted first overall, I think it's Will Levis. And people are not going to like that. And people are not going to like that at freaking all. But the problem is, NFL coaches and scouts and officials and owners and people like that don't think like fans. Fans think of now. Their job is to figure out what works best long-term and best long-term right now in the NFL, because against Copycat League, is big, toolsy quarterbacks, i.e. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who's not, like, insanely mobile, but he's way more mobile than some of the other. If a quarterback was that size in the NFL, like, 20 years ago, they were a freaking statue. He can move. I'm not saying he's immobile, but he's more less immobile, less mobile than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, especially Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen is, like, if you watched his game against the Dolphins the other day, Josh Allen's route running safeties, running 40 yards down the field, had 77 yards rushing. He's the Bills' entire rush offense. People watch that and see Will Levis' skill set and see Josh Allen jumping over people, see Will Levis jumping over people, and go, wow, they're eerily similar. Will Levis is a tiny bit smaller. That's what's going to probably get Will Levis drafted number one overall. And I said this on Wednesday, I think. I think the number one overall pick battle is between Levis and Young. I don't even think Stroud's in the conversation at this point. I think we're looking at C.J. Stroud. And it's funny that we say this about comparing to the Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is the number one overall pick in the draft. But there's not quarterbacks in this draft. The quarterbacks in the 2016 draft are not the same quarterbacks that are in this draft. Like the 2016 first-round quarterbacks were Goff, Wentz, and I think Paxton Lynch. So we're dealing with a different level of quarterback here. We're not having quarterbacks from uh, North Coast State and Memphis get drafted. We've got Alabama, Florida, uh, Ohio State, Kentucky. But, like, we've got bigger schools here. Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. Who knows where Hendon Hooker's going to go? I would probably guess late second, but I don't I don't really know at this point because I don't, I don't know if anybody would really have anybody at fifth apart from him. I think there's, like, if I had to put it in tiers where I think they'll get drafted, I think Young and, Str- Young and Levis would be top five. 
I think those two are top five quarterbacks, or will be top five quarterbacks, regardless of what I think. I think that's what will probably take place. Uh, Stroud, top 10. I don't think he falls outside. I, I, you know what? Top 15. I'll put Stroud top 15 range. And Richardson, top 32. Because I think Richardson could literally go anywhere from 1 to 32. I think after the combine, Anthony Richardson could really be in the conversation for number one overall pick. I think I think that could be a thing. People might think that's crazy, but I'm not joking when I say that. I think he could be in that conversation for being the number one overall pick in the draft. And I think Stroud will start to slide a little bit. He's a lot less toolsy than the three other quarterbacks that will get drafted in that range. And that's Young, Levis, and Stroud. Or young, geez, young, Levis, and Richardson. A lot less toolsy with them. Weaker arm. I say weaker arm like that's a bad thing. He doesn't have the strongest, strongest arm. He doesn't have like a freaking pool noodle for an arm. But he doesn't have a howitzer or a bazooka like the other quarterbacks. Yeah, like Richardson and Levis have absolute howitzers. Young has a very, very good arm as well. Young's a little more on a line. Stroud's just very precise with his passing. He's not really anything Stroud does. He's very accurate, but other than that, Stroud doesn't really do anything that wows people, at least at this point in time. And he comes from the system, again, that we've talked about before, where is it the receivers or the quarterback? Because he's had some very, very good wide receivers at Ohio State. He had freaking Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave last year. I'm going to put Smith and Jigba in last year because he didn't really do anything this year because he was hurt the entire year with a hamstring injury. And then Harrison's, Marvin Harrison Jr. and then Mecca Ibuka. Like, you've got five. We've got four guaranteed first-round draft picks. I don't know where Mecca Ibuka will go, but you got four guaranteed first-round draft picks. Two players that were drafted in the top 11, picks 10 and 11, Wilson and Olave. With Olave being one of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year this year. One of the quietest Rookie of the Year showings I've ever seen in my entire life because I have never heard a single thing from Chris Olave this year. I have not heard a single peep from Chris Olave just because of how bad the Saints are. I have not heard a single thing. I hear about like Kenneth Walker. I hear about Garrett Wilson. I hear about um, Damian Pierce. Even with the Texans, I hear about Damian Pierce. But the Saints are just so... I, I don't know. I cannot sit by. I could, I could watch the Texans, weirdly. I cannot watch the Saints. I do not want to watch Andy Dalton play quarterback. I don't. I'm sorry. I have no real issue with Andy Dalton. He helped the, break the Bills' playoff curse. Probably should come to Buffalo at some point and be a backup to Josh Allen, but at least like, like I did my man 23 sim. But I don't, I don't want to watch him. And Chris, what is Chris Olave's numbers right now? I'm actually intrigued by that. I don't know what his numbers are. When do they play? So Chris Olave this season has 940 yards, three touchdowns, averaging 14.9 yards per reception. Leads the Saints in targets and catches. Alvin Kamara has <laughs> 32 less targets, but only 10 less catches. With a lot less yards because he's a running back, not a wide receiver. But Chris Olave's had a very nice season. He's had a very, very nice season. He's had a couple he's had three games over hundred yards receiving. So yeah, he's a good he's a very, very good wide receiver. He's not playing this week, from what it sounds like. Hamstring is ruled out for sa- oh, Saturday. Saturday's game. He's not playing this weekend, but again, just a really quiet. Everybody knows who the defensive rookie of the year is at this point. It's Ahmad Gardner. Tarek Wollin's obviously going to be mentioned up there. Aiden Hutchinson will be mentioned up there. Kayvon Thibodeau will be mentioned up there. Uh, Trayvon Walker's had a very quiet season, but he's playing very well as well. It's like the top five picks. Garrett, Derek Stingley's been having a great year too. So like the top five picks in the draft, it's one of the weird times that everybody in the top five can look at and go, wow, we made out all right, at least for the first season. I don't think any of them look at the top, look at their pick and go, man, we should add that guy. 
And they were like, yeah, we're, we're content with what we got. We're content with what we got. They even asked Dan Campbell that the other day if he wished he drafted Ahmad Gardner. He's like, no, nah, it wasn't even a discussion. Had Aiden Hutchinson. You knew Aiden Hutchinson was going to go second. He was the number one overall play in the draft. The Jaguars were going to take Walker. Aiden Hutchinson was going to go second. You had to take Aiden Hutchinson. Again, like we talk about every single time the draft comes up, the three most important positions in the draft are quarterback, tackle, and edge rusher. Cornerback's really not in that option if you've got a need to pass rusher or tackle or quarterback. I don't know where corner ranks in that hierarchy of positions because I just know those are the top three. Those are the top three. Running back's probably the last right now. Interior off the line positions are up there too. Uh, interior D line, uh, that's probably the last one. But I guess in today's NFL, with people being more versatile, more athletic, I think interior defense alignment is not as bashed as it's been in the past, but it's not like you're going to have a bunch of D tackles getting taken in the first round. You're going to have one this year, two maybe, maybe three. I don't know. It's, there's not going to be a lot of D tackles taken in the first round. That's all I'm, all I'm going to say. Three at max, I would imagine. But with the quarterback, though, it's going to piss a lot of people off, and I'm really excited to see how Twitter reacts to it. Maybe by the time the draft comes around, people are less surprised. Because that's kind of what happened last year with Trayvon Walker. The entire year, it was like, oh, Aiden Hutchinson's going to go number one overall. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. And then it was um, Ike McQuanu from NC State. He's going to go number one overall. So like, it was a competition between those two for most. Evan Neal was mentioned up there. The tackle from Alabama, even though the tackles from Alabama never make it in the NFL. But he was mentioned up there in the draft. Who else was really mentioned in the number one overall pick range before Trayvon Walker was up there? Um... Those are the three, I think. If there was anybody else, I'm forgetting. Kayvon Thibodeau was never really mentioned up there. Who's drafted sixth? Who's drafted sixth? Uh, that was that was a Quanu. Because yeah, I think that was probably it. I think it was just those three, and then Trayvon Walker, which Tyree Wilson. We've talked about this before. Tyree Wilson has a real chance to be that next Trayvon Walker about a guy being a high, high draft pick just based off traits, and that's exactly what Will Levis is going to do. That You know what? Hot take season. I would not be shocked. No, I would be shocked. I would be really shocked. But let's not be surprised if, hypothetically, Tra- Tyree Wilson gets drafted before Will Anderson. <laughs> let's not be shocked. Because I, I think there's a tiny, 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 like a 2% chance it could happen. I think Willie Anderson's clearing away the best edge rusher in his class, but based off traits, dude's six foot seven, two hundred seventy-five, two hundred eighty pounds. Will Anderson's not that big. Will Anderson's big, but he's not that big. And I think that could push him up there. Cause like, who thought that Trayvon Walker was going to get drafted before Aiden Hutchinson before February last year? No one. No one really even had Trayvon Walker in their top five, let alone be the number one overall pick in the draft. So hey, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I'm saying don't be surprised if it does happen. If it does. Now, while we're on the topic of NFL, I'm going to get done talking about the draft. Let's go over some games this weekend. We have got the Jets and Jaguars playing tonight. I don't know if Mike White's going to play tonight, but apparently it's going to be raining all game today. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, we got Bills, Bears. We got Saints, Browns. We got Texans, Titans, Seahawks, Chiefs, Giants, Vikings, Bengals, Patriots, Lions, Panthers, Falcons, Ravens, Commanders, Niners. Eagles-Cowboys without Jalen Hurts. Gardner Mitchell will be starting that game. And Raiders-Steelers. Then Sunday, we got Packers-Dolphins, Broncos-Rams, Bucks-Cardinals, and Chargers, and the Colts on Monday night. So the name game this week, we got Jets and Jaguars. The number one overall pick versus Mike White. Or the number two overall pick. So it's just, we want to see the number one versus number two overall pick. 
But I, I don't know if Mike White's going to play or not. I haven't heard anything. Bills, Bears, the I don't watch Josh Allen highlights bowl because Justin Fields really does not watch Josh Allen film. Does not watch Josh Allen film. Saints, Browns, the who hates the Bengals more bowl because the Bengals obviously are who day. Saints are who dat. And the Browns are the Ohio neighbors of the Bengals. So I think that one will work. Titans, Texans, the battle for the rights to the Houston Oilers. Obviously, the Houston Oilers are the Tennessee Titans. They relocated from Houston to Tennessee, and the Texans became a thing. Who's the Oilers here? Malik Willis is starting this game, too, which should be fun. Seahawks and Chiefs. What can we call this one? Uh, the Frank Clark. No, that was the 49ers. Wait, no, 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 no. Frank Clark came from the Seahawks, right? Hold on. Frank Clark's a Seahawks guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Frank Clark's Seahawks guy. D. Ford got traded to the Niners. Frank Clark came over to the, the Chiefs from the Seahawks. So yeah, the Frank Clark Bowl. That's a boring bowl game, but that's all I've got for you right now. Giants Vikings, the wear your white helmets, you freaking cowards game. Because the Vikings won't wear their white helmets. They rumored some white helmets. They got a white logo in the middle of the field. They got some rumored white helmets, and they ain't wearing them. So wear those. Uh, Bengals and Patriots. I never thought I'd see the day the Bengals be favored over the Patriots bowl. I never thought I'd see that. Growing up, I never thought the Bengals be favored over the Patriots. Lions and Panthers, the Kitty Cat Bowl. Ravens, Falcons, the Birdie Bowl. Uh, Commanders, Niners, the Purdy Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> it just worked out like that. Uh, Eagles and Cowboys. Some of us like our backup quarterback more than our starter bowl. I don't know. I, I like Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott more than Gardner Minshew and Cooper Rush. But there are a lot of people that really like Cooper Rush in Dallas, and I'm sure there's some weird Philly fans that really like Gardner Minshew. He's probably the most popular backup in the league right now. Uh, Raiders and Steelers, the old-school 70s game, the Franco Harris Bowl, the Immaculate Reception Bowl, uh, or the Raiders say the Immaculate Deception, RIP to hold on, RIP to Franco Harris, of course, who passed away the other day at 72 years old. Then we got the Packers and Dolphins. Um, Packers Dolphins. What can we say about this game? Packers beat the Dolphins Bowl. That's what we're gonna call it. Rams, Rams, Broncos. This trade didn't work out how we thought it would. Bowl. I mean, the Rams got a Super Bowl out of it, so I mean that worked out. But we should have top five picks right now. Bowl. Uh, Bucks Cardinals. Uh, the underachievers bowl because people were somewhat expecting the Cardinals to be good. Same with the Bucks, Chargers, Colts. Um, I don't know what you would call this game. The injury bowl because the Chargers are injured to hell and back, and uh, the big quarterback bowl because Nick Foles is apparently starting this game. Foles and Herbert, probably the two biggest starters in the NFL in regards to height. Maybe I mean they're both six foot six, so maybe maybe it works. This is the tall <laughs> the tall quarterback bowl. Is that lame? It's probably a little lame. But with the NFL going on this week, we got Christmas games obviously this weekend as well. So the Pro Bowl got announced. Pro Bowl got announced, which is always a a fun time. I'm one of uh, somebody that's not really put a whole lot of value in the Pro Bowl, especially when we're talking about like all time things when people are like, oh. This guy is an all-time great because he made it to X number of Pro Bowls. Like, who who really cares? Who really cares? And I love what the NFL does with this because <laughs> they they make it seem like the fans really have a vo- voice in this. 
uh, and they really don't, because if you want to know why, Tua was the number one vote-getter out of the quarterbacks in the AFC. And not just the number one vote-getter out of the quarterbacks in the AFC, number one vote-getter in the AFC in general, and not just the AFC in general, the entire NFL in general, and he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I think that's freaking hilarious. Now, do I think Tua should have made the Pro Bowl? No, I don't. Because the three quarterbacks that made the Pro Bowl for the AFC were Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. So I don't think Tua breaks into that list at all because I think those are the three of the top MVP candidates this year. With Jalen Hurts being the other one. With the NFC side, Jalen, Geno, and Kirk Cousins. There's a little bit of a talent difference. They're not saying like the NFC quarterbacks didn't deserve it. I mean, the NFC's just been a shithole this year. So I, there's not really a lot of other options there for the NFC. Geno's making his first Pro Bowl in 10 years and being in the NFL after being a backer for the past however six, seven years. But yeah, there's a little bit of a talent difference there, but I love that Tua didn't make the Pro Bowl. I think that's hilarious. I really have no issue with Tua, but <laughs> just the fact that he missed the Pro Bowl and they were like, oh, vote, fans, get your votes in. It don't matter. It really don't matter. So uh, we got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Mitch Morse, and Jordan Poyer making his first Pro Bowl. About damn time for Jordan Poyer. Uh, Mitch Morse obviously got a concussion. We've talked about that a little bit on Wednesday about him possibly having to retire now. We'll see, but Josh Allen and Diggs making it uh, very much deserved. Diggs, top three in receiving yards. Josh Allen, top two quarterback in the league. He ain't two. And then Dolphins, we have Tyreek Hill, Terran Armstead, and Xavier Howard. So two offseason acquisition and Xavier Howard. Matthew Judon, the Patriots got somebody, but Matthew Judon's really carrying the defense this year with, I think, 15 sacks. Uh, Jets, Sauce Gardner, Justin Hardy, C.J. Mosley, and Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams is really making his first Pro Bowl. Sauce Gardner starting for the AFC in this game at corner. Uh, the AFC North, we got the Ravens. We got Justin Tucker, Pat Ricard, Mark Andrews, Marlon Humphrey, Devin Duvernay, and Roquan Smith. Devin Duvernay made it as a returner, uh, and deservedly so. He's returned a couple kicks this year, and Roquan Smith barely playing for the Ravens this year. He's played for about half the season, still made the Pro Bowl for him. That's pretty cool. Then we got the Bengals. We got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Browns, Joel Benito, Nick Chubb, and Miles Garrett. Again, fair. This is where it gets weird. T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. Uh, T.J. Watt has played, like, what, five games this year? He's got four sacks, and he has played in – oh, I am I apologize. He's played in seven games. He's got seven games and four sacks, and dude still made the Pro Bowl. I don't know how that one worked out. I don't know how that one worked out. <laughs> uh, AFC South, uh, Laramie Tunzel made it for the Texans. We got Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson making it for the Colts, which if you watch the Colts for offensive line this year, I don't know how Quentin Nelson made it, even though he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league normally. Jaguars had no one, only them and the Bears were a team without them. And the Titans had Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons. Broncos had Patrick Tan. Chiefs had Orlando Brown, which, again, is kind of weird. Uh, Creed Humphrey, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patty Mahomes, Joe Tooney, and Tommy Townsend, the punter. Uh, Raiders had Devonta Adams, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs. Deserve, all those deservingly so. Chargers, Derwin James, and Khalil Mack. Uh, then we move to the NFC side of the Dallas Cowboys. Had Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, Mike, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, and Cavante Turpin. I'm really happy that Tony Pollard made it. I'm very happy Tony Pollard made it. He's had an absolutely insane year this season. Finally getting more touches than Tony than Ezekiel Elliott, which is nice. I don't know if that's true, but it just feels like it. Giants, Saquon Barkley, and Dexter Lawrence. The Eagles had Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Landon Dickerson, Hassan Reddick, Jason Kelsey, Darius Slay, Lane Johnson, and A.J. Brown. Uh, the Washington Commanders had Jonathan Allen, Tress Way, Jeremy Reeves, 
and Terry McLaurin. If you haven't watched that video with the Commanders and Ron Rivera announcing the Pro Bowlers, I would recommend you watch that because it's a really cool video. Bears, again, had nobody. Lions had Frank Ragnow. Packers had Jerry Alexander, which, again, is kind of weird. Vikings had Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Zadarius Smith, TJ Hawkinson, and uh, Andrew DePola. Uh, TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle made it for the NFC side for tight end. So Iowa has two Pro Bowlers at tight ends. The NFC tight end position is dominated by the University of Iowa. Nice. Uh, Falcons had Chris Lindstrom. Panthers had Brian Burns. Saints had Demario Davis, and Bucks had Tristan Wirfs. We had just four players in the NFC South, which is just indicative to how good that division's been this year. Uh, the NFC West, we have Buda Baker from the Cardinals. Aaron Donald from the Rams. 49ers was Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and Talino- Talanoa Hufunga. And then the Seahawks, we had Geno Smith, Tark Woolen, Quandre Diggs, and Jason Myers. The fact that... Uh, my boy Tyler Bass didn't make it. It's a little bit upsetting. He's leading the league in scoring right now. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds also not making it. It's a little bit disappointing. Christian McCaffrey has been absolutely lighting it up for the 49ers since getting getting to San Fran. Should have probably made it. Uh, anybody else that's really pushing my buttons that didn't make it? Not really. I mean, the NFC is like, I don't know. The NFC is not very good. The quarterbacks especially. Like, if Jalen, like, the sad thing is one of those quarterbacks will probably make the Super Bowl. So we might have a, uh, like, hypothetically, we could have a Pro Bowl with the NFC with Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Geno Smith. Really? That's, we, that is a reality we could live in. That is a sad reality which could, we could live in. Like, you look at the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. How many are from the AFC? So we're looking at Allen's at top 10, Mahomes top 10, Burrow's top 10. This year, Tua's top 10, Herbert's top 10. So there's five just off the off the rip. Lamar Jackson's top ten before he got hurt. So there's six. So we got six quarterbacks in the AFC that are top ten this year. You would say? Am I forgetting anybody really specific? That I, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is trying to push his way into that conversation. Dude's been absolutely tearing it up these past couple of games. But six probably, and then for the NFC we got Hurts, Geno. Am I really going to say Kirk's a top 10 quarterback in the AFC? NFC? My God. It, the NFC, I don't. The AFC has better quarterbacks. Some of them are just playing bad. Like, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, all are better than most of the quarterbacks in the, in the NFC. Uh, Matt Ryan, same thing. Trevor Lawrence, he's not playing bad, but he's just right outside that top 10 spot. Uh, Tannehill is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFC. Like, it's just a... A sad state of affairs right now in the NFC. I think the only team that's, like, definitively you could say is worse than most of the teams in the NFC is the Jets and the Texans. And I think that's probably it. Like, just off of all time. I'm not talking about, like, obviously Russell Wilson would probably be near the bottom of the league in regards to how good they are. But Russell Wilson is better than, say, Geno Smith. I'm sorry. (laughs) He is better than him. I know he's not playing like it this year, but he is better than Geno Smith. He is better than Geno Smith. I know a lot. We're going to need to convince a lot of people on that one, but he is better than Geno Smith normally. Uh, I think that's all I've really got for you today. I don't really have a whole lot more to talk about. I mean, we'll go over some of the bowl games that are taking place this weekend as well. So we've got Baylor and Air Force. They're playing tonight. And then we have got, scroll down a little bit, Louisiana and Houston, Wake Forest and Missouri taking place Friday. Middle Tennessee and San Diego State. New Mexico State versus Bowling Green, and then we don't have any game. Okay, New Mexico State Bowling Green's on Monday. Yeah, I was getting the whole the Honolulu, the Hawaii Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl 
is uh, on Christmas Eve as it normally is. I remember watching Notre Dame play that game. I don't remember who it was against with Jimmy Clausen. Remember how awesome Jimmy Clausen was at Notre Dame? The only thing I remember about him at Notre Dame is they got punched in the face and had a black eye, which was pretty freaking hilarious. Then Mel Kuyper saying that he would retire if Jimmy Clausen did become an elite quarterback in the NFL, which that never happened. The only thing he did elite was keeping the number two away from Cam Newton so forced him to wear number one, which is kind of funny. Thinking Jimmy Clausen has that kind of pull to keep that number, which is... <laughs> Jimmy, know your place. You do not get to keep that number. You were once an all-right quarterback at college, and that's it. It was all right. And then... Get to the NFL on some underwhelming Notre Dame teams as well. Get to the NFL and just aren't very good, and you try to hold number two away from Cam Newton. Just won the freaking Heisman draft number one overall. Set a bunch of records, you know. That's You can keep him. You can keep number two. But, yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. If you liked the show, leave a five-star rating. If you did not, leave a one-star rating. and tell me. But tell me why you felt the way you did. Make sure you follow Logan Blyman Show again on every single form of social media. And I will see you all later. Have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Peace.